Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Dunn, the Vibe King. Good morning, everybody. We have a special guest in the building joining us. Well, not in the building, but joining us on the show today. The one and only Rock T. Is it safe to say DJ Rock T? Man, you can call me DJ Rock T. You can call me Rock T. You can call me, call me anything but Point Dexter. It's all good. <laughs> Man, how you doing this morning, my brother? Man, I'm doing amazing, man, and and I'm even more blessed, man. I, 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 you know, just for you being able to um to to take care of this for me, man, and 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 just bless our show today. I just I just want to tell you, thank you, my brother. Oh man, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Anytime that you get an opportunity to share some phenomenal time with people that are doing great things in this in this world of ours, especially what we're going through right now. Man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, man, you you have done a lot of stuff, and I'm not sure if um, a lot of people are aware of of all of, all of these contributions that you've contributed to the culture. Man, it's just it's phenomenal, man. I I, I want to start. I, what really blew my mind was professional baseball player. Let's we definitely got to talk about that for a minute. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, maybe I, maybe I should shift my gears to playing baseball. And 
doubt in my head that told me right. that I could be a professional baseball player one day and I had what it takes. I had the raw talent. I just got to keep working at it. So I passed up my football scholarship to go to Ranging Junior College, which is a very small college in Ranger, Texas, hmm. that has one stoplight. And that stoplight <laughs> blinks. Wow. <laughs> it's the whole stoplight. So everybody was telling me I was nuts for doing it. But, but I, what I learned was that particular school had a reputation of a solid baseball program. Ah, okay. And Ellis Burke played baseball at Ranger. Really? Ellis Burke was a former Major League Baseball player that played with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went there. Uh, I didn't get drafted out of, out of Ranger Junior College. I ended up getting a, a four-year scholarship, I mean, a two-year scholarship from Ranger to go to University of Texas at Arlington. And I ended up getting drafted out of UTA, University of Texas at Arlington. By the New York Mets. Wow. So that was my that was a quick small journey of my baseball life. You know, how I kind of turned to that. But yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity, man, and uh, I loved it. I, I would I would I would change it for the world. Oh, absolutely not, absolutely not. So that that right there is um that that's a huge accomplishment, man. Um, especially to be able to share with the kids and stuff like that. And I'm sure you still have your memorabilia and all that stuff. Um, at the house to be able to, you know, show the kids and stuff like that. So that's that's definitely an accomplishment, man. Uh, hats off to that right there with following, um, going against the grain of people who didn't see the vision. You know, um, I really commend that. Then, so Absolutely. you um you, you you transitioned from that. Um, you landed in Dallas then. At that point, you you left. Um, after your baseball career, and then you you packed up and moved to Dallas, or how how did you end up in Dallas before you got on no. the radio there? Yeah, actually, I've, I've been living in Dallas most of my life. I was in Detroit my, during my elementary school years. Okay, and then my mom's job transferred her to Dallas. That's how we migrated from Detroit to Dallas. Got I've, you. I've been living in Dallas my, my whole most of my life. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I after my baseball career, I went. I, I said, you know, now it's time for.
that's dope. I was able to kind of keep my keep my uh, bills paid and all my responsibilities in order financially as I was working free from this radio station. And I did that for an entire year. My first year in radio, I worked completely free to make a dime. But when a position became available to hire someone, they, they was forced to hire me. So I kind of created my own job. Yeah, look, man, when I tell you, like, I'm telling you, like, the show, the show was absolutely, like, amazing. It was the number one show. And the thing that was crazy about it was, like, you killed it on all levels from mornings to middays to afternoon and the nights. I'm like, this dude here is just like the energy that you brought to I, I I bet you any kind of money that they saw how valuable you was because you brought a whole bunch of uh creativeness and um it just it to me it upgraded the whole the whole station. Well that 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 I think that I think there was some value there. You know, I I'm not gonna take responsibility I mean I'm not gonna take credit for all of that, but I think I did push the envelope a lot. I was always I call it what I call now it's called moonbeam thinking. I'm always, I got a vision. Right. And, and and I have a passion. Like, anything that I do, there's passion behind it. I do it because I love it. I don't do it because it's, it's something to do, and it's, cool, it's a cool job to have. Right. So, when I'm, when I'm, everything that I do, when I walk into the building, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to change people's lives. I'm yeah. trying to change, I'm trying to be a positive influence and be a spark plug in people's lives. When I pop that mic and get on the air, same thing. So, and I, and I, and I never settle. I never just settle. Some, sometimes people just, they're happy just to have a job like that. Right. And then they, and then they settle. But they never want to grow. I'm always trying to say, how can I be better? How can I make this company better? You know, how can I, you know, continue to always keep going, keep pushing higher and higher and higher? So I think I pushed the envelope a lot, which, I, which may have stepped up other people's game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of like, we can't let little Rocky come in and just pass us all up here. <laughs> right, so, right. But that's okay. Now, were you there? Were you there before Ricky um, came into the mix, or uh, Ricky was there before you? No, so that was that was that was. I was six years with K one hundred and four. This was all before Ricky even came into the mix. Now, Ricky came in after I worked six years with K one hundred and four. Ricky came in and took over Steve Harvey's morning show across the street at ninety seven nine B. Okay. And I was in transition uh, with K one hundred and four at the time. Matter of fact, I was fired twice from K-104. That's, another, <laughs> that's a whole other interview. Um, but it, not, nothing bad. It's just radio. Right. Radio is one of those things that, you know, you can wake up today and you're the best thing since hot bread. <laughs> but then that tomorrow, the company may want to go into a different direction. It may just shift gears out of nowhere and say, no heads up. Hey, guys, it's been a great run. We love you, but we got to try something new. And you're, and you're out of there. And the whole staff is out of there. Wow. When people get fired in radio, it's not bad all the time. It's just, I mean, it's not like they did anything wrong. It was just like, do something new and different. So I kind of got caught up in that a little bit, which is cool. No big deal. But at that time, Ricky, that's when Ricky came in, started his morning show on 97.9 The Beat. He met me. He heard me. Um, he found out that I knew a lot about sports. And he's like, yo, I want this kid to be my sports guy on my new morning show. So that's how me and Ricky came together and been with him for the last 15 years now. So now we're on in 71 plus markets all over the country. 
And I mean, killing it. Absolutely killing it. I mean, everybody, it's, it's, it's one of the favorite uh, shows that's actually um, in the game right now. I mean, you guys bring so much different uh, flavor and so many different personalities. You know, you know, like kind of like um, when I was uh, interviewing Headcrack, man, and, and he was kind of running down like how um, working with different groups of people with radio and um, he was saying, you know, it, it's it's always good to to have a good group that actually mesh good together. And I think that what you guys have over there with the Ricky Smiley Morning Show now, I think that it's really uh, all of the pieces are are in the right place right now. Um, has it ever been like, um, well, what's the difference with um, Syndicate and um, a private owned uh, station? Uh, the difference, if, you, if you're a local radio station, then you're local only in that market. That's it. You know, and when you're syndicated, that's kind of when you uh, you expand your radio brand to other markets at the same time. So okay. when we first started the Ricky's Monday Morning Show, we were on in Dallas, Texas only. It still was, now, Radio One was a company that, that we worked for, but we were on in Dallas only. As, as Ricky's Monday Morning Show got popular, um, and of course with Social media, the internet, other people was discovering us. Like, man, you guys heard this Ricky Smiley Morning Show, you know, and you know, they was kind of discovering us in Dallas. And then the company decides, hey, well, let's see if we can test it, test it out, and syndicate the show, and test it out in other markets and see if other cities like the thing, like the show. Right. So we went into Augusta. They tested us out in St. Louis, and it was a home run. And then they just kind of kept adding markets from there. So, just to answer your question, but the main difference is a local show is locally in one city and one city only. Syndication is multiple cities. That's a, that's the easiest way to, to explain it. Okay, and um, for the listeners as well, um, now with having um, a local station and um, having uh, being syndicated, syndicated or whatever. Um, What's the difference as far as with creative control? You have more control um, on the local level as opposed to being on a syndicate station? You have a little bit more control on a local level, uh, but it just depends on how... It, it really depends on how well and the success of the show. Because if the show... You know, they give us pretty good creative control, especially Rick. You know, Rick, if Rick want to do something, he has an idea, he'll bring it to the table, share it with the team. We'll all put our two cents in, take it back up to our producer, see what the producer thinks about it. Nine times out of ten, the producer's going to be like, yo, that's a great idea. Let's put it out there and see how the listeners like it. Then we'll put it out there and test it out there with the listeners. If the listeners fall in love with it, well, then we've got something gold, okay? You know, it's, so it just it's, it's a process, you know, but... Most of the time, you, you know, most radio companies that have had success, they let their jocks and they let their talent be creative. Right. As creative as they possibly can because that's going to help, you know, generate what they want, which is dollars. Right. And, and popularity and more listeners. And, uh, you know, so, you know, so, but, but comparing it between local and, and syndication, I mean, you do have a 
Got you. Got you. Now, um, you you you've dibbled and dabbled with um producing um as well. Absolutely. I, I find that um I find that interesting. You you've uh you've did some remixes for Brandy, um, Destiny Child, Nappy Roots, and uh Three Little Women. Um I think that that uh that that's dope. I would like to touch on that too, because like a lot of people um who knew to um rock TNA, they you know the new the new listeners and stuff like that. As far as on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, and you know they don't really know all of this stuff that you know a lot of the accomplishments that um you've brought to the table, and that's why I wanted to highlight. And it was special to bring you on the show because um I'm 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 a fan and I'm real impressed with. All of these huge accolades, man. I just think that it's dope. And I would like to talk about the production for uh, your producer side. No, absolutely, man. It's, it's one of those things as far as how, how can I make myself more valuable to as a brand? And when I got into this radio business, I just started paying attention and watching other great people do what they do on a great level. So I've seen DJs. I've seen some of the popular DJs on how they would you know, rock the club. How would they? How they would? You know, always just be every day of the week. They had a club DJing somewhere else, and I'm like, man, I want to be that. I want to add that to my to my um, resume. So I taught myself how to DJ. I literally just started going to the club with my DJ buddies and watching <laughs> them DJ. Wow. Watching them, and then I bought my own equipment and just started mocking it. Just started imitating, and. I started DJing. I started doing the same thing. I started going to clubs and saying, hey, man, I open up for the main DJ. You don't have to pay me. Just give me a couple dollars. You know, I'm right. just learning. I want to get my skills together. And then that led to me being a DJ. And along with being a DJ, um, is kind of the, the sister of it, is a, produ a producer. You know, I started, you know, because you're always mixing and scratching and making new beats with records and stuff as a DJ. Now I'm like, okay, well, I want to start producing. I want to start making my own beats. And um, so I did that. I, I, once again, I went and found, started hanging around great producers that were that were doing some great things, um, and just learning. And they were telling me, okay, Rod, just to start off, get this kind of equipment. You ain't got to spend a whole bunch of money, but just get some basic beginner type equipment with just some good stuff. I did that, and I just started practicing and practicing and practicing hours and hours and hours. And being in radio, you start creating relationships. And these relationships that I created with record labels said, hey, how do you present remixes to some of your artists? And they're like, easy. Rock, just give me a, here's the, here's the, um, here's the acapella of the song, and you produce, produce it, and then send it to me, and then I'll send it up to the label, and then there you go. So I started doing that. And, you know, it's funny because when I got my first yes for that 3LW, I was like, yo, I thought like I made it as a producer. Exactly.
because it was just something to kind of add value to my overall brand. Right. But I wasn't. But I was. That was one thing that I really wasn't passionate, passionate about. So I, I, I didn't. When I, when I look at it back, when I look back at it now, I wonder, like, man, what if I would have kept doing that? Right. <laughs> you know, because I got an opportunity to get a couple of remixes, and then I did. I didn't. I didn't keep it going. I just, you know, I kind of got in my own way on that one right there. Um, but that, that's how it all came about. You know, that that is one of those things where I just say, hey, I want to, I want to be a producer now. Right. And I taught myself how to be a producer, made some beats, got a couple opportunities to do a remix, and there you have it. Do you think that that's just that's just the the drive that was um, embedded it embedded in you? Um, at a young age from, from your father and, and good, uh, role model and examples to, um, give you that, that, that drive like that to that will to, Hey, look, I can do anything. Just show me or give me an opportunity or what do you think? Absolutely, man. You, you, that's, that's a big piece of it. Um, my dad was always a hustler in a good way. He kept, he kept a job. He always had three of them at the same time most of the time, but even while he had his main job, he was always hustling on the side, selling pitas, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> he was just yeah. always doing something. He just kind of, he always told me, he said, listen, you don't have to wait on nobody to give you anything. Go, go get it yourself. Just, you know, do it the right way. Right. And, and have, and have integrity when you do it. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, that, that definitely helps. It starts home. It starts at home. And, but at the same time, I mean, I've seen, I've seen kids that have grown up with, Phenomenal. Both mother and father in the house. They have great careers. They put their kids in great schools. They have, you know, they, they teach them, you know, the proper things of what to do, what not to do, and then they still get out there and make poor choices and poor decisions. So I've seen both ways. Yeah. Uh, my particular story is the testimony is that definitely set the, the, the foundation for me, having, having my father be that. Because my mother is the complete opposite. I love her to death. <laughs> I, I, I died for my mom. Yeah. But she was the complete opposite. She was kind of old, old school, one track mind. Yeah. You have to do your, live your life and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I don't see it. the vision. I don't see that. Can't really see beyond the trees on the other side of the trees type stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. I learned that at an early age. And then I just, as I went on, in my, as I got older in my journey, I just learned to always associate myself with people that are very smarter than me. I like being the dumbest person in my circle. I tell, I tell people all the time, that, uh, I like to be the dumbest person of a group of people that I hang around with. Because if I'm the smartest, I stop learning. Right. And I start thinking I know it all. Right. And you never, you never can grow from that. Right. Absolutely. I, I definitely uh, agree with you on that. Now, I, I want to talk about, um, because, you know, how, how did the Dance Club 21 opportunity come? Because uh, when that hit, I thought that that was... Um, that that was real dope, and it actually shined a different type of light on the culture too. And um, you 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 did a great job over there with it. I don't know what ended up happening with it, but I thought that it was a great idea and something that could have went a little bit farther than what it did or whatever. How did that opportunity come about? Yeah, that was um, CBS CSA Twenty One Television Network. They um, they just they brought me in one day and they said, "Man, we like to." Like this kid, this rock tea guy. At this, at this point in my career, I'm starting to get real popular as a radio DJ. And uh, I created my own street team, so I was always in the streets. I created uh, a big dance team. 
take your street theme over to this Coca-Cola thing we're doing, over here to this Burger King thing that we're doing, Subway, you know, all these brands. Nice, nice. Started, so, I, so I'm like, wait a minute. serious now would be the perfect time rock like i'm talking is that we living in a dance world right now i'm talking about now would be definitely the time to do it Whenever you get um you get it all the way ready to go and you're about to start doing the campaign for it, I would like for you to come back um on the show uh to promote it and and talk about it and and the whole nine. Oh, and then I will I'll I'll do um I'll promote um whatever material whatever uh promos you might have or whatever um just send me that stuff and and I'll I'll promote it through my platform as well to get it out there. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. Okay, now um what I what I wanted to ask you too with um with everything that that that's going on like on the uh, on the morning show um how far can you guys go as far as content? You know, I know sometimes it might drift outside of the lines a little bit before um you guys I guess they come down on y'all or whatever. How how far um, can you guys drift out of the line as far as with 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 content that y'all t- y'all discuss? That's a tricky one, man. Because I think with with I think the success that we have had, and the reason why we're still having success is because we've always been outside of the box. Right. Content. We're not your we're not your typical radio show. You know, we're always we're always shifting gears. I mean, we can have a game plan to play. But, but by the time we get halfway through the show, we've already hit, hit <laughs> yeah. five or six audibles. Organically, so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a tough one to answer because we stepped outside the box. We've gotten out there pretty far, and it's gotten us in trouble sometimes. Like we, we used to get called in the meetings all the time. Like, okay, guys, that was funny. But uh, let's bring it back. Let's cut it back a little bit. You right. know, let's not go that far. Cause we got, you know, this and that. So, uh, But then there's been times where we've been pushed. Yeah. And from up top, they say, hey, go out there. Be, 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 go out there and be you. Because uh, people love you, y'all's originality. Right. So, so yeah, so it's, it's not really, it's not a formula. It's like uh, we, we really don't know until we just kind of do it. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's risky. But um, I think because of the chemistry 
we know kind of where, okay, if this, is, if, this, if this is starting to get a little bit touchy, a little bit, then let's back off a little bit. Or if we haven't taken it far enough, let's, let's push it a little bit more. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. I, I, I wanted to know that. Um, now, with everything that um, that happened, I mean, with, with you covering sports and um, you're always touching on on, on um, everything that's going on in the sports world or whatever, I, I wanted to get your your um, your take on the whole Super Bowl experience, um, w- you know, with you being there. Um, you, you are in Atlanta. I live, I actually went home in Dallas, in Dallas, Texas, but uh, I commute back and forth. Got you. Like, okay. Yeah. You were out there, you were out there to uh, vibe with the experience and everything. I'm sure y'all had something going on. Absolutely. Okay. Now, with your ex, I want your expert opinion on, your overall opinion on, what do you, what do you think about that whole experience? Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Let's start with the with 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 the Super Bowl first. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest, one of the biggest events every single year. So, anytime you can be associated with that and be in the mix with that, it's a phenomenal opportunity. You know, you meet a lot of people. Great for networking. I look at it from a networking perspective. Got you. Yes, don't get me wrong. It's great to host events. It's great to be a part of events and just to kind of be there. But um, man, the, the, the networking opportunity. What do you think about what what did you think about this year's game? they had the boycott and all that stuff or whatever um you you can we touch on that a little bit what, what's your what's your your thoughts on on that whole thing as far as with the saints and everybody talking about boycotting it and and you know all of that Right. Of the game. <clears throat> so, uh, 
game. Right. Or pick up the game right there from when that play happened, where that call was, which is at the minute 49 mark, and then we finish off the rest of the game. Now, of course, we knew the commissioner wasn't going to do that, but the rules in the rule book. Right. And everybody seen it. It was obvious. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a situation of, well, it could have went either way. Right. It was obvious, 100%, that, that call should have been a pass interference or whatever. So, you know, on that note, I understand the frustrations of New Orleans Saints uh, uh, fans, of course. But if you ask other fans from other teams, most of them are going to say, hey, man, it happens. Sometimes referees are going to get them right. Sometimes they're going to get them wrong. They're going to miss calls. And because it didn't happen to their team, right. they really didn't have a strong opinion. It was right. like, hey, man, whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, it's. Is the, it's yeah, I, I trust me. I mean, I think, I think they, what they are going to have to do is fix that, though. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Replay, you should be able to, somebody up in a booth should be able to stop play under two minutes and say, hold on, we got we to gotta really pay attention. We got to relook at this thing. Right. They're, and, and they're probably going to change that replay rule. They, they're going to have to. They're going to have to um, to change it. You know, I, I was I was having that conversation with, um, with, with, with a few friends of mine about the same thing and I was just saying that um you know I I, I de- it definitely was an obvious a obvious call man like I mean you, you just you just can't do that you know that that that's the people are tear cities down <laughs> behind calls like that man I mean it's yeah, just it, part i mean um it is what it is man i mean hopefully things get better in the future as far as on that because that that right there cannot happen again but you know on 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 an ending note um i just wanted to ask you this how much how much of with your experience of watching and playing um in the in 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 the sports world um how much of it on this level that you're on now with experience, how, how how much of it do you think is, um, I would say, uh, scripted? Good question, man. I, people ask me that all the time. You know, are there are there are there games that that's um, I mean, you would have to. Okay, let me answer it like this. The play we just talked about with the, with the Saints and the Rams. Right. Some will look at that and say, oh, man, you know, you can tell that was obvious because they, they're trying to get the Rams to the Super Bowl, you know. Um, and then the play that happened last year with the Saints and the Vikings. Right. And then you have the New England Patriots and Tom Brady situation. It's like, okay, I don't know, man. It's. And then you got the Seattle. You 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 got you had that Seattle game where I mean this was like inevitable. I mean, like I'm just saying, you just don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just wanted to know, like, your thoughts, like, you know, on because uh, I have my own, and I mean, I've been watching sports a long time myself, and um, it's just some things, and even with basketball, and and I mean, it's just. I don't know, man. Some some stuff just don't look right to me. Let, let me let me. I'll say this, man. Would it surprise me if there was some big?
would it be disappointing if 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 it it overall would would it be disappointing i mean probably not because like i say you've you're you're i mean you're you're heavy into sports man like i'm pretty sure like you you're prepared and and you know what i mean for the inevitable but um i think that it would be for people who just view it i view i view stuff like differently you know with being older growing up seeing a whole bunch of stuff and and you know I just, when things just don't look right, things just don't look right. But, you know, I think it would be disappointing to a lot of people who are just viewers hey, and fans hey, of, you know. Good old-fashioned fans. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's because you want it to be real. You want it to be authentic. You want it to be, you don't want that to be fake and fixed, or, you know, for, for money, opportunities, and stuff like that. Of course it would be disappointing. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I'd be the first one to be like, man, that's, I don't, I don't like to believe. That's why I always hesitate to answer that question because I'm not hesitating because I don't want to answer it. Right. I'm hesitating because I am a fan. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to believe it. <laughs> right. I'm hoping it's not true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely get you on that one, man. I, I appreciate you tapping on that a little bit for me. Um, uh, let's let's can we talk about uh the Gucci situation because you are on the other side of the entertainment business. I know you hear a lot. Your ears are to the streets, man. You you communicate with a lot of your friends and stuff like that or whatever. What's your opinion on the whole Gucci situation? With the blackface? Yeah. I mean, I don't like it, and um, I think it's kind of um, I think it's in a in an indirect way letting our African-American race um, know that we can do whatever we want, poke fun however we want, and you can't do nothing about it. Um, you know, so some people some people look at it on a whole do- on a, different, a different perspective. Like, this is kind of a way of honoring our, our uh, forefathers, our, our, our brothers and sisters from back, from back in those days uh, by recognizing them. You know, right. so some people will try to turn it into a positive. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all about what lens you're looking looking at it to. But um, Ricky brought up a good point this morning. He's like, man, now that I'm now that I'm older, we used to always watch Tom and Jerry cartoon, and they did the blackface, you know, on Tom and Jerry a lot. Wow. So you yeah, really yeah, seriously. It, but, you know, it, it was just something that was you thought, hey, that was funny. It's a cartoon. It didn't really look at it from that particular lens of the way we're looking at it now. Right. So, you know, did the people that wrote those cartoons, did they, were they just trying to be funny, just kind of to make kids laugh? Is it something, something does it look funny? Does it appear to be funny? Or were they trying to indirectly do the same thing? That You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it, it's a touchy situation. You know, are they, are they benefiting off of off of us and our culture by why at the same time kind of belittling us. That's what it seems like. That's what it appears like. Um, so I mean, I mean, I hope I, I hope I, I hope I gave you some insight there, or whatever. But. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just wanted to know. Um, and and that was that was very interesting that uh, Ricky brought that up too because I'm from that era and and I do remember that character and I, I never really. You know, but I mean, again, we, we, we were kids and, you know, watching that too. So, I mean, of course, we, you know, at the age that we are now, we're more, you know, mature and, and 
we, you know, understand things a little bit more and look at things, you know, for what, for what it really is. So, um, I, uh, they, they, and they issued an apology or, or whatever. And, you know, it's a lot of things that, um, it's a lot of things that's, that's, that's going on that, um, some people overlook and then some people, you know, pick that, pick that to just, you know, to kick off the conglomerate of, you know what I'm saying? Of, of, but it, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of, lot of little things out there that, um, that, that people kind of just overlook or whatever. But I mean, if, if, you know, if we're going to stand on something, then, you know, I feel like, you know, we should all stand on it or, you know, I don't think that it should be used for people to get more followers or to get some attention over to their page or, you know, if you're going to be an activist for something to me, I just feel like, you know, let's be an activist for a whole bunch of other things going on other than, you know, as well as the Gucci situation. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're saying, you're saying don't pick and choose what you're going to stand, stand on. Yeah. But stand on, if you're going to stand on this, um, then you should be standing for everything else that's similar to this as well. It, 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 exactly, exactly. I mean, I, and I'm talking about you know, the biggest, the big celebrities, um, you know, all of that. I'm just saying like, you know, certain people just don't show up when it's some, some other things going on. And I just, that's the thing that I have a problem with because I'm all about standing on, on what's right and, and, you know, unifying for something that's right. But I'm saying like, you know, I I see a lot of Fugazi stuff too going on with, with the whole situation too. So my thing is if we're going to stand for something, you know, let's let's stand for all of the right stuff too, and not just this particular situation with Gucci and all this stuff, but a whole bunch of other issues that's going on out here too that I think that we should be, you know, speaking out about and, and making videos and posting and doing all type of stuff about too. Absolutely. No, I'm out there with you on that one. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you gotta also also gotta you gotta realize this too. A lot of celebrities, you know, depending on who's in their camp. Yeah. Who's their PR person. Yeah. Who's their publicist. Who's the, you know what I'm saying? If they have, you know, right or wrong, you know, you can, you can take it from where however you want it, but they may have a PR person or a publicist saying, hey, we have this $5 million opportunity for you to endorse this product. Right. For you to be a part of this company. Oh, by the way, this company also does business with Gucci. Mm-hmm. Now, even though you know, you don't like what's going on with Gucci um, because this endorsement opportunity does business with Gucci. Right. I would advise you probably not to, to say anything kind of on, this. on yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. And let's close this deal. Let's get this check so you can feed your family and provide more for your family, more for your community. And, you know, and then maybe once this blows over down the road, you can, we can come back and, and, uh, and and talk about it maybe in another in a, you know what I'm saying so right right it's stuff like that that happens as well um but you know I mean it's this this is it's a real touchy, touchy <laughs> real touchy it really is rock man it 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 really really is and and, and there's so many different view views on it like like what you just said right there is a whole nother angle you, you know what I'm saying like it's it's just it's and that's just real. What do you do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, you know, the ultimate goal, you know, that everybody is doing this too is to push the culture forward. But I mean, you still, you know, have to put food on the table as well. 
So yeah, it is kind of so many different ways. Yeah. So many different ways to make an impact. Yeah. Make a difference. And you know, people always beat up celebrities because man, they just they just spent uh five hundred thousand dollars at a strip club. Yeah. That could have went to some homeless kids or whatever. Well, how you know they don't already have homeless shelters built? Exactly. You know, and, and, and not just being you know, public about it. You know, exactly. So it's like you can't you can you can't really tell anybody how to spend their money. Absolutely. Um, before you especially before you've done you know, first of all you can't tell anybody how to spend their money, period. <laughs> do a little homework first. Yeah. Find out what they have done in their community. Yeah. What they have done in the world. Then you can come back and say, Oh, okay, well LeBron James did open a school. He did put, you know, Six and a half million dollars into this project. He did spend, you know, eight, help raise eighteen million dollars. A lot of it was his own money to help these kids from Akron. Blah blah blah. Right. Oh, he did do all this. Okay, so now for him blowing x amount of millions of dollars over here playing, having fun. Now you can say, okay, well, he's he doing this. So you know, and that's and that's anybody. <clears throat> that's anybody, man. So it is. It is. It is difficult. Like, um, you know. From the, the entertainers and, and athletes, and um, it, you know, it, it really is. Yeah, we living in some. Um, we we definitely living in a different atmosphere right now, man. To where you know everything is under the microscope, and and especially being on that level, you know, you 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 have to be careful what you say, what you do, where you go, who you're around. I mean, we just you have to really, really be cautious of everything right now. You know what I mean? You have to be on guard with everything because everybody's phone is up, you know? Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be that way. Right. So we, if we're the land of free freedom and freedom of speech, we should be able to speak and say our thoughts and our own personal opinion. Now, everybody don't have to agree. We can all, see, we can, that's the cool thing that, see, America's supposed to be, man, we don't have to, we can agree to disagree, but we still can love each other. That's right. You know, that's how it should be. Right. You know, it's like I get a, I get a, I get into debates and disagreements with people all the time, but we're still cool. Right. You know, and it's like you think this way, I think this way about this particular topic, and it's okay. Right. So it's, we ain't gotta be, you know, I ain't gotta hate hate you now or whatever. But um, you know, there's certain things that it's now if 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 your actions are don't align with my actions when it comes to being just, you know, uh, adding positive energy to this world, then I have my, I had that choice to distance myself from it. Absolutely. You know what I'm uh, that's, that, you know, that's, that's a little bit different because I don't want to be associated with someone that has a bunch of negative actions and, and it's always, um, you know, belittling people. Right. Or being negative towards people or right. putting down people. Stuff like that, you know. I, I I try to I try to distance myself from from, from those type of individuals. Um, but just simple freedom of speech about whether you like this or whether I like that. I mean, that's okay. It's okay. We should be able to have that. We shouldn't have to bite our tongue, right? Because of, of because we're afraid of what somebody or organization may 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 feel about it. Man, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And um, I, I don't want to tie you up, man, too long. Though you got things to do. Um, I, if, if, if you could um, drop any jewels on anybody that may be trying to follow your footsteps, man, in career path or 
anybody who's thinking about um, becoming a DJ or getting into business or playing baseball or doing anything amazing, um, what 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 could you drop on them? Touch me with that one. I wanna. Uh, can, can you tell us again how we can um, how we can get the book?
of the response from it on how it's helping really just change that mental that mental state of mind uh, on how to just go go and grow. I'd like to uh to get with you too, man. Again, um, on that whole writing process too. You know, I've always wanted to put my story together, and um, I would like to get with you on uh the structure of that and just just some other things too off air or whatever. Absolutely, man. Rock, I really. I really, really, um, I really appreciate this, man. You really, really, man, a blessing, man. I, I thank you so much. You definitely got to come back on the show whenever you're doing anything. I don't care what it is, man. Come back on the show, man. Share it with us. Let's put that out there or whatever, man. I really, really appreciate it for me and the Vibe team. Hey, man, thank you very much for having me Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, my brother, King DJ Rock T. We out.